Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Chapel Messages podcast, a ministry of Emmaus Bible College. Each episode is taken from a chapel message given here at Emmaus. For more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? (laughs) I was thinking on my way driving here this morning, God and I was having quite a conversation. You ever felt uncomfortable? You ever felt unsteady at times? Not quite sure that there's a, a feeling inside. You don't know how, you don't know how to grapple with it. You don't know what it is, but you know it's not what you want it to be. Like taking the exam, preparing for a quiz, wanting to do your very best, and but there's something there that is trying to rob you of confidence. I don't know about you, but at those times, I need prayer. I need prayer. Lord, steady me. I need, I need to be steady. I need to be settled in my spirit. Speak to my spirit so that I can be settled. Or please let me know why I am being disturbed the way I am. I had brothers, I, I had brothers praying for me, calling people while I'm on the highway, but I had it on speakerphone, so I wasn't a danger or a risk with my PED personal electronic device. But I kept thinking, I said, Lord, I just need you to settle me because ultimately, I don't want to bring any light or have the light shining on me. I want to make sure that you are the focus of what's being said today. I mean, you can be confident and then all of a sudden you feel kind of unsettled. So right now, what I want you to do for me And what I want you to do for you is we're going to our God together right now, right? And and, and I want God to really use me as a conduit for for us today, okay? Are you with me? All right. Let's, Let's go to our great God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day that we have never seen before. A day that we will never see again. And for your own sake, you woke us up this morning, for your own glory. And so we come before you, Father, and I ask that if there's any barrier, any obstacle that will hinder us from engaging with you today and you with us, if if there's any sin or any encumbrance, anything that can easily cause us to lose attention, For your name's sake, would you remove that right now? Father, we want to encounter you today. We want to encounter the encouragement of your word today, the challenge of your word today. I pray if there's any here who are comfortable, who needs to be disturbed, would you disturb them right now? And if there's anyone here who is disturbed that needs to be comforted, or comforted, would you do that right now? So that, God, we can be drawn closer to you, and when we leave this place, we will be better than when we came. For Jesus' sake, I pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. 
Now, the last time we was together, I, I, I was mindful of the fact that uh, there's a lot that has gone on. I don't know about you, but I had experienced COVID. And uh, I'm not a big guy, so I lost 20 pounds. Right. I lost 20 pounds. I was down to like 150-something. And when I, when I actually got a chance to look at myself, I was 170. And my average weight is 187. God, by his grace, has managed me to exceed my normal weight. I am now up to 194. <laughs> that wasn't the plan. That wasn't the plan. But one of the things I tell people, they say, David, were you vaccinated? No, I wasn't vaccinated. I wasn't quite sure should I be vaccinated. And what I'm saying to you is not a question of being vaccinated or not being vaccinated. I'm telling you, I wasn't. Okay? In the midst of it all, I thank God for it. I thank God for it. The Bible tells us we should be thankful for what? Some things. Praise the Lord. We got some biblical people in here today. For all things. All things. So I was thankful because I was able to go through it and come out on the other side better for it. Better for it. When you're going through something, when you're going through a crisis, it is to reveal a lot. It's to reveal, one, where you are and where you're not. Amen? And where you should be. And God was gracious. I was grateful that the Lord was in it. And even as I think about the times we're living in, we're living in a time of great crisis. I've, I've never experienced anything like this. We, we, we're living in a time of crisis. For a lot of people, this is a time of crisis. I, I truly believe that God is sifting. God is really sifting. He's, he's showing that which will remain and that which was not to remain. For you and I, we are either preparing for a trial we are in a trial, or we're in the process of coming out of a trial. That's where we are in life. And that's the circle. And the reason that God sends us through these trials, hard to say, it's hard to realize, but that God wants us to become perfected through the process of going through crisis. And I'm thinking about King David and all that he went through in order for God to grow him up, in order for God to mature him. And in Psalms 40, every time I look at it, I always see another nugget. Last time we spoke, I, I used the illustration of an onion. There, there are so many layers to this. When you look at the scriptures, there are so many different layers when you're looking at a text. And even within this text, I'm reminded of these layers. There are trials, there are crises. The Christian life will be filled with trials and crises. Uh, Paul tells us in Acts chapter 14, verse 22, is that those who want to enter into the kingdom of God must go through many trials. We must go through many trials. Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 8 that what, what is it that is possible, if it was even possible, to separate us from the love of God? 
Can a crisis separate us from the love of God? Paul says, knowing all these things, we are more than what? Conquerors. Through the crises and the trials and the tribulations of life, we are reminded. When I think about the Apostle Paul and I think about David, these men who God put on display, uh, before we even attack uh, uh, Psalms 40 again, I would have us to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. The Apostle Paul had gone through many tribulations. And in the passage, he reminds believers, and he is an example to believers because God put him on display to remind us of the faithfulness of God. And Paul was able to look at life and the trials that he experienced and realize that his cup was not half empty, but that his cup was half full. He says this, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves. He says this, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in our body the dyings of Jesus, that the life of Christ also may be manifested in our bodies. Things that can, when crises come into your life, when trouble comes into your life, uh, one's perspective is vitally important. Paul realized that everything that entered into his life that could have caused him to be dis in, a, in a state of total despair actually was working so that he can be in a state of praise, a state of growth. And when I think of King David, it is similar. Two different perspectives, right? Because Paul looks back at all the training that he had as a as a Pharisee, as a theologian, as an intellectual, and he can look back at the history of Israel, he was a communicator. He was one who knew the word of God. He was the one to try to untwist or unravel the word of God so that he can instruct others how to be intellectually sufficient in the word of God. He knew the life of David. He knew the life of all the patriarchs. And so when I think of Paul being able to have this, this treasure of the word of God to be able to stimulate him to press on, but it wasn't just Paul's intellect that helped him. It was Paul's personal knowledge of God. And when I think of David, it wasn't David's successes in battle that stimulated him. It was the one who made sure he survived and persevered through battles. What about you today? As students, as those who are in this Bible college, the most important thing is not that you just walk, walk out of here with a degree, but that you walk out of here with a greater appreciation and greater intimacy with God. If you leave this place any, kind, any other way, then your whole time here was a time of failure. But I want to encourage you today. God wants you to succeed.
Lord has you in the, in the palm of his hand, and you are at this place for the very purpose of being transformed into the image of who? Christ Jesus. Don't lose sight of that. It's not about the exams. It's not about the quizzes. It's not about the relationships that you can make, all those things that are important. But it's all about knowing your God more intimately and far better than you know him now so that you can serve him more fervently, more passionately, more passionately. The last time we were seeing, we looked at the Psalms, we were, we were reminded that King David here in this passage was looking at a more intimate, personal encounter with his trials and a more personable, intimate encounter with his God. David in Psalms 40 is thankful, as we can tell in verses 1 through 11. He is, he is thankful. This is what they call a, a, royal, a, a royal prayer, a, a royal uh, experience of God that he looks back and he's grateful for what God has done in the past, what God has reminded him of that God delivered him in his past. And it's a reminder of us that it's important not to forget where God has brought you from. King David said he waited on the Lord and he waited and waited. He waited patiently. He waited on God. And the, and the emphasis is that he waited on God. He wanted God to show up and to show out. Show up and to show out. And David is mindful that God did a marvelous thing in his life. As he waited on God, he realized that God turned his face toward him. As this royal king, it's a blessing when a person experienced the king and the king turned his face toward the person. When, when the king turned his face toward the person rather than keeping his back to the person, that person was blessed because now the person has the king undivided attention. David said he inclined to him, that God heard his cry, that God was about to intervene, that God was involved in David's life. David said that God in this magnificent way did something for him that David could not do for himself. That God rescued David from his circumstances. That God rescued David in his circumstances. As believers, we look forward to God's continual salvation in our lives, amen? It's one thing to be saved from the penalty of sin. a past transaction that we should rejoice about, that God saved me from the penalty of sin. The judicial courtroom of God pardoned me. That he set me free, that God will no longer hold my sin against me because God was gracious unto me and the penalty of my sin has been paid in full. 
But how many of us know that it's a great privilege also to know that God can rescue us, deliver us, save us from the power of sin? The power of sin. How many people know sin is powerful? Let me tell you, sin is powerful. I've been walking with the Lord for over 30 years, and I would hope that sin becomes weaker and weaker, but I realize that, guess what? It's not being diluted. It's still highly concentrated. And that I need God to save me not only from the power of sin, but the power of sin from within. How many people know what I'm talking about today? There are some things that God allows to happen in your life individually and happen in my life individually, and we pray nobody knows about it. Unless you're one of those individuals who got so caught up into your sin that it's not just exclusive now. It's not just you and God personally fighting with it, but you have gotten to the point that you've given up, and you don't believe there's any such thing as deliverance, and now sin is pouring out publicly. Let me tell you something. That's not God's will for your life. God wants you to deal with it personally so that the spirit of God can help you to navigate and fight it and that God can come inside and give you the strength you need to keep it at bay because God loves you enough that he don't want it to overflow. We need deliverance from the power of sin. David is reminding us, though David is the king of Israel, David is not immune to struggling with sin. Isn't that something? The greatest man on earth, the, the ambassador of heaven to earth, God, God model David. David is the, the king of Israel. And David is reminding us that he was not exempt from the power of sin. And we realize not all sin is something that we are personally interacting with. Sometimes sin comes from without, amen? It doesn't always originate from within. There are forces round about us that, that we have to be mindful of. We can't have this tree uh, uh, reality of life. We need a more panoramic uh, 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 view of life. We need to see the whole forest, amen? We need to see the big picture. There's things out to get us. But we also have to be reminded of God before us. Who cares? Now, this is my paraphrase verse. Who cares who's against us? But we got to make sure that we come before God. Because how many of us realize in our own strength, we won't win? How many of you recognize that today? Let me raise my hand up. Well, can I put both hands up? Is that possible? If I had a third arm, I would raise that one up as well, right? It is impossible to win in and of ourselves. But we are reminded that David, as an example, we look back at David's life, because when we look at David's life, David, David tells us that God can, st can step in the situation. How many people realize that God stoops down to save us? God soils himself to save us. David said God actually saved him from this 
this picture that he uses, this imagery of a, 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 a desolate situation, a, 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 a miry pit, a slimy situation where David had no footing. And God came into that situation because David belonged to God. God came into the situation and lifted David out of the situation. David is mindful of that. How many of us can look back and think of times where it seemed that it was impossible? We knew we couldn't get ourselves. We know we didn't have any traction. And God saved us and placed us on some firm ground. I'm not just talking about the greatest thing he could have done for us by sending his son on the cross and dying on that cross. And on that cross, Jesus was in our situation. Jesus was pinned to the cross because of our situation. He died on that cross because of our situation. To pay the penalty of our sin. But we are grateful, we are grateful that God reminds us that Jesus died, as we're getting to this period of reality, right? Jesus died and he was what? Buried. And three days later, he did what? How, how critical is that? Because if Jesus had not risen, we would still be in our sin. And the penalty of sin would just be some kind of delusion that mankind is, is, is adapting to a religious system. But the fact that the tomb is empty. Songwriter says, because he lives, I can face. Tomorrow, because he's alive, he can help me with the power of sin. Now, King David didn't have this experience. King David was in the experience where the God he was speaking to would one day come and do that. <laughs> would one day come and do that for him. David did not see that day physically, but God, when Jesus died on the cross, he died on the cross, not only for those of his time, amen, not only for that generation, but Jesus died for all those who trusted and waited in God. I, I'm just reminded that, that, that God comes down. There's a song that says, heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross, Jesus made me whole. My sins were washed away and my night turned into day. When heaven came down in glory filled my soul. So David is looking at a past transaction that God involved himself in the life of David in the past. Uh, this is the reason to get excited, right? When you can think about what God has done in the past, should that cause you to be in a state of despair? <laughs> should that cause you to say, yeah, he did it, but... This situation is real. I, I, know, I know he did that, but. When, when we hear that conjunction, but, what's the, what's the next thing comes out? Not that the cup is half full, but the cup is half what? Empty. 
rather than intention, anticipation, and hope of God's deliverance, he said he did it in the past, but is he able to do it in the present? David was encouraged because of what God did. David realized that God set his foot in Psalms uh, chapter 40, verse two, 2, he says, and he brought me up out of a pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet up on a rock, making my footsteps firm. Making my footsteps firm. Uh, and I, I love that. How, how many of us want to be solid in our faith? How, how many of us want to be solid in our faith? We don't want to be liquefied in our faith, all right? We, we, we want to be solid in our faith. We don't want to be abstract in our faith. We want to be concrete in our faith. And God sends trials and tribulations, even in the life of David, so that David's faith will become more curing. That his faith would become more curing. I, I recognize this. We had uh, uh, our driveway removed several years ago. And I wanted the driveway to have a broader approach. So when they took all, they broke up all the old concrete, broke it up, came and got big trucks and started removing the fragments, got rid of everything, went back down with new gravel, tampered it down, came with some rebar, laid it down, and they came up with some fresh concrete and started laying it down, and it was six inches thick. I wanted to drive my car on that driveway immediately, but I realized it wasn't cured yet. Can't be in a hurry when it comes down to concrete. And so I talked to the person who was an expert at laying concrete. I said, how long will it take in order for me to get my vehicles off the street and put them on the driveway? He says, within 24 hours, you'll be able to do that. But I want to remind you, it's still curing. So what, what, what you mean it's still curing? It's still developing that density. It's still getting firmer. It's still getting hard. It still have a period of time where it will still be hardening, even though it appears to be hard at the time. You and I as believers, God sends us through trials. Look, we, we're already solid, amen. How many people realize when you trust in Jesus Christ, you should be solid in your faith? I do know there's people who may be in this audience who are not curing correctly. And I'll pray for you. Because I can't imagine what it's like to be in that state of mind where you're still not sure. But when trials come into your life, as trials entered into the life of David, David looked back and he realized that God was still in the process of curing him. David said that God put him on a solid foundation. God gave him st stability. And I pray that you and I, as we read the story of David, that we will find encouragement from the life of David, that that is exactly what God wants to do for you and I when God answers our prayers. He wants us to look back and be encouraged so that the next thing that enters into our life will cause us to be encouraged. Because if he did it in the past, he's able to do what? He's able to do it in the future. And I remind you, there's three situations that we can find ourselves in. 
We're either getting ready to enter into a trial. It's not trying to scare you. This is the reality of the Christian life, amen? <laughs> you, are, you are getting prepared for a trial. You are presently in a trial, or you're at the process of coming out of a trial. King David realized that God, after delivering him, what would be the proper response after a person has been delivered? And I brought this up last time. Without a test, there is no testimony. Without a test, and I'm not just saying just because you're about to take a quiz or just because you're about to take an exam, that don't mean you're going to pass, right? But when you take a test, the purpose of taking a test, again, is to reveal where you are and also to reveal where you're not. But God sends us through these tests so that we can be prepared. He wants us to pass. So I know a whole lot of people who would love a testimony. How many of you would like a testimony? Raise your hand if you would like to have a testimony. Everybody, both hands ought to be up. Right? It's a sad thing when you go to a church service and, and, and say, anybody have a testimony about the goodness of God and nobody stands up. Have you ever been in a church like that? Well, somebody said, tell me about God working in your life. Tell me what, you know, how, how you was going through something, and then God showed up and showed out and got you out of it. Anybody have a testimony? It went, I'm in a seat, I'm in a seat, and, and, and I, I'm fidgety because I'm trying to give someone else an opportunity to talk about the goodness of God, and, and, and it's like I, I, I could not stay down. It's almost like how could it be that we're not fighting to talk about the goodness of God? How could it be that we're not saying, oh, I'm sorry, brother, you go ahead on it. Go ahead on, sister, then I'm after you. Fighting to get in that position. Let me talk about the goodness of God, right? Let me tell you how good he's been. David had a testimony. You can, you can see that in verses 1 through 5. David had a testimony. Look what David says happened. After God, after God rescued him out of his situation, can, can you see verse 3? Look what he says. And he put a new song in my mouth and a song of praise. Notice, David didn't just say to my God, which is true. He said to whose God? To our God. Normally when God does something in the life of a believer, you know what he wants that believer to do? To express it in the congregation. Because there's somebody in the congregation who's probably going through the same thing you were, that you were going through who can relate to you when you tell them what you was going through and then will be encouraged when they see what God brought you out of. Because they'll say, if God can do that for you and we have the same God, he can do that for, for me. He can do that for me. The Psalms are filled with sing a new song unto God. Psalms 33, verse 3, sing a new song unto God. 
Psalm 96, verse 1, sing a new song unto God. Psalm 98, verse 1, sing a new song unto God. And it's not just limited to the Old Testament. Ephesians chapter 5 tells us that we should be filled with the Spirit, and when we are filled, Colossians as well, when we are filled with the Spirit, we make, sing songs in our heart and make melody unto our, to our God. Tower God. God loved the praises of his people. And so we should be eager after God has did a work for us, did a work in us to express praises and thanksgiving and gratitude in song to him. The writer also says in verse 3, he said, Many will see and fear and trust in the Lord. Many will see and fear and trust in the Lord. There are some people saying, well, maybe God delivered David from an illness. Maybe David had an illness that God stepped in and rescued him from. Others believe that maybe David was in this great battle and it appears as though that his life was about to be taken. And God stepped in, and David is encouraging now. God rescued him, and David delivered him. I don't know. I just know this. David was in a situation that he couldn't get himself out of. God showed up and showed out, and David couldn't wait to sing. Because what might be true of David may not be true of you and I, right? We, we're going through. Look, you don't have to have an illness like a pandemic, like COVID, or the loss of a job, the loss of a loved one, the loss uh, of friendships. Uh, you know, you can have all kinds of problems. There can be all kinds of things that will cause you to reach out to the Lord. In Psalms 42, David speaks of how his enemies was coming at him, and not only because of his enemies, but he had a really good friend who also was coming after him. You might have a situation like that. And David needed God to rescue him. David had a situation in, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, I believe, and in, 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 uh, he was with a, living in the land of Zelek, Zelek, and he had 600 soldiers, and they went off with the Philistines, and, and, and they was told to go back. When he went back home, all of their family were gone. And David men were so upset with him that they wanted to kill him. And you know what David said? He encouraged himself in the Lord. I want you to be encouraged today as we get ready to close and think of this. No matter what comes into your life, no matter what the circumstances, sometimes God can be kind of blurry in our trials, in our tribulations, where we don't see God clearly. Everything else seemed to be large. David reminds us, even in those times, it is good for us to get our focus back in view, that we need to look to the Lord, that, that we need to focus in on the Lord because David was steadfast. David was intentional. He wanted God and God alone to save him and to rescue him. And in the psalm, David reminds us that God did just that. 
It wasn't the first time that God delivered him. God delivered him on more than one occasion. But he realized in order for him to be rescued, in order for him to be delivered, he could not focus on other situations or on other people. He had to keep his focus upon the Lord. David's faith and his trust was on God alone. What about you today? When it comes to that quiz, when it comes to that examination, when it comes to that relationship with somebody that is broken or somebody accusing you of something that you, you've never done, or you get a bad health report, whatever it may be, don't put your situation above the Lord. Make sure you bring that situation below the Lord and seek the Lord, and the Lord will deliver you as he delivered David. What a blessing. What a blessing. And I want you to realize you're blessed today and highly favored. How many people believe that? That you're blessed and highly favored. Right. Even when things don't go your way, you're still blessed and highly favored. God's grace is abundant for you today. And I, I'm grateful. I wish I could be back in the school. Huh, Mark? I wish I could. But at the same time, where the Lord has me is right where I need to be. And you're right where you need to be. You're blessed and highly favored. Let's close in a word of prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we realize this life is not an easy life. This is not a life that... Uh, uh, rainbows and unicorns and popcorn and candy. This is not a fairy tale life. This is the life that we are destined to live. This is the world that you say we live in. And we realize, Father, once we get to glory, we appreciate everything even, even more once we're in your presence. Through many tribulations must we enter into the kingdom. Father, we are grateful that we can trust that no matter what comes into our life, no matter what crises may arise, that we can be fully confident that the God who started a good work in us is faithful to complete it until the day of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So in this temporary time zone, that temporary experiences that we may have, trials and tribulations, we realize, Father, that you are faithful to us because we are blessed and highly favored. We are your royal children. As David was one of royalty, so are we. We are peculiar people, people chosen by you that you might create in us a spirit that would be thankful. So we come to you today as we get ready to leave this place. Father, we are willing to wait. Help us to be patient while we're waiting. And Father, we trust you, even when we don't understand all the things that happen in life. We can still trust you because you're faithful, you're holy, you're just, and you're a promise keeper that we can also put our full support and be fully persuaded that the things that you said you will do, you will do for your namesake and for your glory. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said,
Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Chapel Messages podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu slash partner.